Joshua chapter one. We're in this series um, entitled Shift. And I'm really gonna talk a lot about this when we come back on Vision Sunday. But I, I wanna talk to you about your shifting season. I believe this is a year, this is a time where things are gonna begin to shift in your life. And so the scripture that I want us to look at is in Joshua chapter one, verse number one. And uh, the Bible records these words. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. And every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Father, I thank you once again for this opportunity and privilege to be here with your people and to declare your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear this morning. It's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. And everyone said, amen. The spiritual seasons uh, in our life are not governed by clocks and calendars, but rather by the revelation of God's word. And so just because the calendar year rolled into 2020, that doesn't mean that your season or my season automatically transitions or changes with the date on the calendar. Um, so for, other, for instance, if you're experiencing a certain type of season in your life or a certain type of thing in your life right now, just because it turned over to 2020, doesn't mean that that's going to stop, right? Doesn't mean that that's, everything's gonna change because the calendar changed. And so whatever season that you find yourself in, I can assure you this, God is trying to teach you something. Every season that you and I go through has a life lesson attached to it. So whatever season that you find yourself in, there is a lesson that God is trying to teach us in that season. Now, here's the key. The sooner that you learn the lesson, the sooner the season changes. Remember, the, clock or the, the uh, seasons of God are not governed by clocks and calendars, but rather by the revelation of God. So when you're in that season and you're looking for that season to change, some of the things you need to be asking God or searching uh, and seeking God is, God, what are you saying to me? What is it that you want me to learn through this? God, what are you trying to get me to see as a result of this season in my life? And so whenever you begin to gather the revelation of that season, then God will begin to change that season in your life. Unfortunately, uh, there are times and by, the Bible uh, gives us examples of these that not everyone is willing to learn the season that they're in. Because the children of Israel, the Bible said, the children of Israel went 40 years wandering in a wilderness because they never learned the lesson that God was trying to teach them as they were tracking, trying to move towards their promise. And that lesson was to trust God, to depend upon God, 
to quit complaining, to quit murmuring about their situation, and just trust God to bring them through whatever they were going through. Now, when you look at the natural, the natural is a type and a shadow and a picture of what's going on in the spirit. Just a little teaching here before we get into this. The Bible even says, first in the natural, then in the spirit. So when you look at certain things that are going on in the natural, it is an indicator of what's going on in the spirit as well. For instance, let me just say it this way, um, talking about spiritual seasons in our life, we all experience what I would call the fall seasons of our life, the fall season of our life. If you look at nature, just take it, take a look at nature. Typically, when you enter into the fall season, things begin falling away, right? This is when we see the temperature begin to change. This is where we begin to see the leaves begin to change and they begin to shift. We don't need a clock and we don't need a calendar to tell us that we're entering into a fall season. I know that at such and such a date, it's, it's designated this is the fall season and we're preparing for the winter season, right? But we don't really need a calendar to tell us that. We can look at nature and tell that things are changing. Things are shifting, right? And so when you find yourself in a spiritual fall season in your life, maybe what God is trying to tell us, and maybe what he's trying to teach us is this. Maybe he's trying to sell, tell us that, you know, the, this is a time and a season in your life where things need to begin to fall away or to fall off of your life. Maybe what God is saying, this is a time and this is a season where I want you to let go of some things. Maybe God is saying these things are going to begin to fall off of your life because what God is saying is I'm getting ready to change your season. I'm getting ready to change uh, your life at this time and I cannot allow you to carry this into the next season of your life. So these things have to fall off of us in order order for us to move into the next season of our life. But if we are unwilling to let go of some of these things, and if we're unwilling to allow some of these things to fall off in our life, God's going to keep us in this season. He's not going to let us change seasons until certain things begin to happen in that spiritual season of our life. So the fall is, some things need to fall away, we need to let go of some things, and when we do that, God begins to transition us into the next season of our life. I believe this was the type of season that Joshua was facing. I believe that Joshua was facing the fall season of his life. Moses, this great leader, this leader that was called by God, the one who they prayed for. Remember, they prayed for deliverance, and God sent them a deliverer. And so this spiritual giant, this leader that they had prayed for, this man of faith, this great man, this prophet of God, the Bible said that he died. And though the Bible lets us know that Moses had... Uh, this relationship with God that many people did not have. Moses had the type of relationship with God that, that 
put him on another plane or another another level with God. The Bible said that God and Moses was so close, that their relationship was so close, that according to Exodus 33 and 11, the Bible said that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. That means that God spoke directly to Moses. Now, it doesn't mean that God had a conversation and Moses had a conversation with Moses like like Alan and I could have face to face. Because the Bible lets us know that no man will be able to see God and live. As a matter of fact, Moses said, God, why don't you show me your glory? And on one occasion, God said, okay, if I showed you my glory, if I showed all of me to you, you would not be able to survive. You wouldn't be able to live. So Moses, I'm going to show you a form of myself. I'm going to hide you in this rock. I'm going to pass by. And when I pass by, you're going to see a form of me. So we know that God was not speaking to Moses face to face as we do. But what we do know is they had a direct line of communication with each other. The other prophets, it was not so. God spoke to them in dreams. God God spoke to them in visions. God spoke to them in riddles or types or shadows. Not only did Moses and God have this type of relationship, Psalm 103 and verse 7 says this, that he made his ways known to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. So the children of Israel, the Bible said, knew about God. They knew the works of God, but they didn't know God for themselves. In other words, they knew about God, but they didn't know God. How many of you know that there is a difference between the acts of God and the ways of God? There's a huge difference between the acts of God and the ways of God. You know God when you know his ways. And so another way of putting that would be to know his principles, to know his personality, to know his uh, precepts, to know to know God on an intimate level. You can know about God, you can know about somebody, and you can experience their acts But acts don't necessarily lead to faith or a relationship. This is why I'm always cautious about people who are always seeking the acts of God and not the ways of God. Are you with me? I'm a little bit cautious about people that are always seeking the signs and the wonders rather than the person of who he is. Right? Because... You can be, as Israel, uh, as Israel experienced, you can see God move in powerful ways. They saw the Red Sea open. They saw the 10 uh, miraculous signs that God performed in Egypt, but yet that did not produce faith in their life, and it did not produce a relationship with God in their life. They were dependent upon the acts of God, but they never learned the ways of God, and that's why they wandered outside of the promise of God the rest of their life. However, the ways of God can lead to faith, and that faith can produce the acts of God in our life. The ways can trigger the acts, but the acts standing alone cannot teach us his ways. Amen. So acts are witnessed, but ways are taught. We can witness the acts of God, but the ways of God are taught, and they require, on our part, they require us communing with God It requires a communication between us and God, and we have to make an effort to make that happen. So the point that I'm trying to make is simply this. Moses was this spiritual giant, right? 
He was this spiritual giant with God. And God is saying, I'm moving him out of the way and I'm going to move in a whole nother way in your life. And the problem that Israel had was they did not know the ways of God. And because they did not know the ways of God, they were in a season where they were lost without direction, without guidance, and without assistance, right? And so, so what happens is this. God begins to communicate with Joshua the same way that he communicated with Moses. And here's the shift. Here's what we're talking about. There has to be a shift from the acts of God to the ways of God. Personally, in our life, in 2020, there has to be a shift from the acts of God to the ways of God. Joshua was in the spiritual fall season of his life. His mentor, his spiritual father had passed away. The mantle of leadership is now placed upon him. He is the one who will lead the nation into the promise. But in order for Joshua to move forward, he has to let go of Moses and he has to trust God. He's in a spiritual fall season of his life. So he has to let go of these things and he has to learn how to trust God to take him to the next level in his life. And so whenever Joshua needed a word from God, where did he go? Joshua always went to Moses. And when he went to Moses, Moses would hear from God, and then Moses would speak to Joshua, and so it was with the whole nation of Israel. But now God is telling Joshua, it's time for you to learn my ways. It's time for you to hear from me yourself. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now I'm going to begin to speak to you. I'm going to teach you my ways. I want you to know Moses was your mediator. He was your leader. He was your teacher. But it's time to shift. It's time to begin to learn the ways that I have for you, right? In other words, Joshua, it's time for a personal relationship between me and you. So this is one of the reasons as we start 2020, as we start a new year, we have put in your hands five things, right? How many of you know what day we're on? Eight, thank you. We're on day eight. We put five things in your hand. We put scripture reading. We've asked you to read certain scriptures. There's a devotion that goes with that, right? There are acts of kindness that go with that as well. I'm asking, we're asking you to fast something in your life. We're also asking you to move 30 minutes a day. How you doing with that? Anybody doing all right with the movement? Okay. So what is, we're trying to establish a spiritual dynamic and exercise in our life. We're trying to jumpstart this year by saying, listen, God, we're going to take time and we're going to get in your word. We're going to take time and we're going to spend time in your presence. We're going to take time and we're going to meditate on these devotions. We're going to spend time with you. Why? Not so that we can learn the acts of God, but so that we can learn the ways of God, so that we can begin to hear God for ourselves. How many of you know if you'll just sit still, open up the word of God, he will speak to you. He will do it. 
So watch this. The Bible says, Joshua 1 and 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, notice what it says. Notice it says, after the death of Moses, the fall season of Joshua's life, it came to pass, meaning not until then. After the death of Moses, it came to pass. During the fall season of Joshua's life, it came to pass. In other words, some things are not going to come to pass in our life until when? Until we let go. Fall season. Until we let go of some things. Until we allow some things just to fall off of us. Because God is saying, I do not and I will not allow you to move into the season that I have for you, the season of promise, by the way. He said, I'm not going to let you to move into that new season until you let go of some things. What are some of those things? Well, for some people, it's to let go of some hurts because we've been carrying some hurts, whether that hurt happened in 2019 or whether that hurt happened in 2009. God is saying, if your season is going to shift, it's not going to shift because it became 2020. It's going to shift because you're going to let go of some things. So for some of you, you're going to let go of some hurt. For some of you, you're going to let go of your past. You're not bringing your past into your future. It's going to stay right there in your past. For some of you, you're going to let go of some disappointments. For some of you, you're going to have to let go of some offense. Some of you, you've been hurt. You've been offended. You've been holding that against them. And you wonder why seasons are not changing in your life. I can tell you why. God says you're not going forward until you forgive them. You're not going forward until you let them go. Do you know what? You're not hurting them by holding a grudge against them. You're not hurting them by holding resistance against them. You're hurting them or you're hurting yourself because you're hindering what God wants to do and you're let it fall off. Let it go so that God can move you into the next season of your life. But how many of you know that that could represent some good things in our life as well? Because some of us want to hold on to some good things. And God is saying, I have some better things for you. But I can't give you the better as long as you're holding on to the good. How many of you would say that Moses was a good thing for Israel? He was a great leader for Israel. Moses was a good thing. And what God was saying was simply this. I know Moses was good, but Moses is dead. Moses is buried. And now what I'm trying to get you to see is I can't bring you into the new thing as long as you're still holding on to the good thing. But if you'll let go of the good thing, I'll bring the better thing into your life and I'll release the new thing that I have for you. The new thing that I've promised you will begin to manifest in this next season of your life if you'll just let go of the good. How many are willing to let go of some good things in order to receive some great things that God has for us? Just nudge your neighbor and tell them, let it go, let it go, let it go. Just tell them, let it go. Just let it go. So 2020, there is a shift that's going on in the spirit that's going to shift us from knowing about God to knowing God. What I'm trying to get us to see is simply this. Your relationship 
is going to grow deeper with God. I'm prophesying to you right now. Your relationship is going to grow deeper with God in the next season of your life. It was after Moses died, God spoke to Joshua. It is the first time that you'll read in your Bible that God spoke directly to Joshua, personally to Joshua. What was God doing? God was beginning to reveal his ways to Joshua. Joshua knew the acts of God, but now God is beginning to teach him his ways. And Joshua makes this shift. God begins to reveal his ways to Joshua. Number two, are you still with me? Number two, here's another shift, and this has to be a mental shift in our life. The second one is this. The best is not behind you, but it's before you. Your best, your best days are not behind you, but your best days are in front of you. Now listen to what God says. Moses, my servant, verse 2, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. This is over. This is done. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. One comes to an end, a new thing begins to open. Moses is dead. This season is over. Now, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which is the promise, to the promise that which I am giving unto you. Notice what he says. Arise, get up. To us, what is he saying? He's saying you have to shift your posture. You have to shift your position. So what does that mean? It simply may mean that I need to change the way that I'm dealing with something. I need to change the way that I'm looking at something. I need to get up. I need to change the posture, my posture or my position. For some of us, are you ready for this? Are you ready? For some of us, we're going to have to change our attitude. Ooh. It's been quiet all day. It's going to continue to be quiet. This has to be a shift in our attitude. Negative, negativity has to change. Doubt has to change. Unbelief has to go away. So there has to be a shift in our attitude. Arise. Change your position. Change your posture. I'm going to ask you, like I asked the first service, what are some of the things that God is calling or saying that needs to shift in your life? What are some of the things you need to change in your life? And remember last week I said it's not big things, it's small things that make a big difference. So what are some of the areas that God is saying, I need you to change in this area? What are some of the things you're looking at? And you're looking at it, remember last week, just by one narrow-minded thought. What are some of the things that God is saying to you, I want you to get up and I want you to change your posture about this? Because if you can do that, you can get over some things. If you will do that, you can get through some things. And this is what I believe God is saying to you, and this is what I believe he's saying to us in this year. I'm believing that God is going to change some things when we change how we deal with it. How we approach things. How we look at things. How we view things. 
And what's going to begin to happen is this. You're going to begin to pursue the promise that God has for your life. The minute, the second that Joshua got up, the minute that he let go of the past, he started moving to the promise that God had for his life. And here's what's going to happen. You will begin to feel a release in your spirit. You're going to feel a release from your past. You're going to feel a release from those hurts. You're going to feel a release from that disappointment. You're going to begin to shift your thinking, and you're going to reposition yourself for the promise of God. Listen, God's not going to do it all for us. Is anybody here today? God is not going to do it all for us. There are some things we're going to have to do for ourselves. A repositioning. This is what he says. He says, you have to go over this Jordan. How many of you know what that means? The Jordan is a place of transition. I know that by following the Bible because it was a place of transition between Moses and Joshua. It took place at the Jordan. It was a transition between Elijah and Elisha. It took place at the Jordan. There was a transition between John the Baptist and Jesus where? At the Jordan. So the Jordan is a place of transition. It's a place of change. And this is your shifting season. You're crossing over your personal Jordan. And this is where some of you are going. You're going to get over your past. You're going to get through it. Some of you are going to get over that hurt. Some of you are going to get over your loss. Some of you are going to get over your pain. You're going to get beyond your disappointment. Some of you are going to move beyond the setbacks that have taken place in your life. I came by to tell somebody that your best is not behind you, but your best is in front of you. Come on, somebody. Your life is not moving backwards. Your life is moving forward. It's moving forward. Your best days are not behind you. The best days of life point are not behind us. The best days are before. You haven't even begun to see God move like he's going to move. Come on, somebody. God is. Watch the scripture. Ecclesiastes 7. Watch this. Here we go. Got to change the way we think. My best days are in front of me, not behind me. Listen to what it says. Do not long for what? Oh, Jesus, help us. <laughs> Do not long for the good old days. I know how we are. For you don't know whether they were any better <laughs> than these. We think they were, but we don't know. We forget. We forget how, how we struggled. We forget the pain. We forget the disappointments. Remember Israel? Let's go back. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to the good old days of leeks and onions. What's good about that? I can go back to leeks and onions or there's a, a land in front of me that's flowing with milk and honey. There's a land of goodness in front of me. And if I'm so focused on thinking that my best is behind me, I'll never be able to move into what God has in front of me. Because when you and I both say that our best days are behind us, what we're saying is, God, you cannot do any better than what you've done in our past. 
What we're saying is, God, it's never going to get any better than it is right now. Here's what I know. Trouble is temporary, but promises are permanent. Amen? And I know that this too shall pass, and my best is in front of all the good old days. You remember them, right? Those days that we actually had to go to the grocery store and pick out our own groceries. The good old days, those days that we actually had to go to the store and buy the present personally. (laughs) The good old days where if we wanted to go out to eat, we had to go out to eat. (laughs) The good old days. Well, sometimes I think we get lost into a false memory, right? Right? Because we don't really believe that the best is yet to come. And I'm just letting you know today that the best is yet to come. I'm just trying to speak over somebody's life right now that your best is yet to come. Here's what I also know. If you can change your communication, you can change your destination. I'm telling you, if you'll quit saying the best is behind me, and if you'll start prophesying the best is in front of me, who knows what God is going to do? But I know it's going to be better than the last season that I was in, right? Because I'm going from level to level to level with him. Listen to what Paul said. Listen to what he said in Philippians 3.13. He said, I'm still not all I should be, but I'm not what I used to be either. I'm not there yet. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're not there yet. Go ahead and tell him. (laughs) Watch this, church. He says, but I'm bringing all of my energies to bear this one thing. What is that one thing? (laughs) What? Forgetting what is what? (laughs) The past. Letting go. Let it drop. And what? Looking forward to what lies ahead of me. You know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, listen, my best days are not behind me, even though I've had some good days. There's been some great revelation that I have received from God, and there's also been some bad days as well. But I'm trusting God that the best is yet to come. Listen, church, your best is yet to come. Start focusing on what's in front of you, not what is behind you. Single Focus this one thing, not 274 things, but this one thing. David said, there's one thing I desire, and that is that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One thing. Jesus told Martha, he said, Martha, you're too busy focusing on all of these other things. He said, but Mary has chosen the one thing, the right thing, and that is to sit at my feet at this season of her life because, Martha, you're too busy worrying about the acts rather than the ways. This one thing. Jesus told the rich young ruler, what? You lack one thing. He said, if you do this one thing, you can be a life changer with me. Not 765 steps to a better life. One thing. 
What is the one thing that you can focus on this year that can bring a change and a transition in your life? What is the one thing, there's power in focus, what is the one thing that God is speaking to your heart about? And if you'll get that in your mind, if you'll get that in your spirit, and if you'll go after that, you'll begin to see God do amazing things in your life. Do you believe it? Come on, do you believe it? Here's the last point and I'm done. There's, there's a shift and I really want to talk to you corporately right now. In Joshua's life, in Israel's journey, there was a shift from the rod of Moses to the ark of God. So the ark must replace the rod. Now let me talk about this. The ark was the presence of God, the ark of the covenant, right? It was the presence of God. The mercy seat. It's the glory of God. Moses had the rod. rod. The rod represents the authority and the power of God. We need that. When God called Moses, he said, Moses, what do you have in your hands? He said, I have this rod. He said, cast it down. Moses cast the rod down. It turned into a serpent. He said, pick it up. I don't know about you, but I'm running at that point. I'm not picking up. I'm running. Moses reaches down, picks it up by the tail. It becomes the rod again. What God was telling Moses and what he's telling us through that story is there's nothing that you won't be able to handle if you'll trust me. <laughs> and so Moses takes that rod, and that rod represents the authority and power of God. So when Moses leads them out of Egypt and leads them to the brink of their breakthrough, and he's standing in front of the Red Sea, what does he do? How? He stretches the rod out. The waters part. Israel crosses over, right? Moses takes the rod, hits the rock. Water comes gushing out of the rock. Power and authority. Moses takes the rod, throws the rod down. It becomes a serpent, swallows up Pharaoh's serpents. Power and authority. But when you see the transition from Moses to Joshua, the rod is still there, but, Mo but Joshua doesn't carry the rod. Joshua is now focused on the ark. Not the rod, but the ark. Not the axe, but the ways. Because the ark represents the presence of God. Are you following me? So the ark represents the presence of God. So there is a shift from the rod of Moses to the ark of God. And it becomes the central figure as they begin to approach the promise. Listen to Joshua chapter 3 and verse 3. Look at what it says. It says this, on the day, third day, officers went through the camp giving these instructions. He said, when you see the priest carrying the ark of God, follow them. I need to stop right here. Priests represent those who are called into ministry. Now, we are all, we are all called to minister. We're all priests of God. 
But there are fivefold ministry gifts that God has given the church. I'm going to talk about that this year. But let me tell you something right here. Listen, if your priest, if your leader is not carrying the ark, don't follow them. If you don't see the presence of God on their life, don't follow them. Why? Because they're going to lead you astray. But if you see the presence of God, the ark, if you see the presence of God on their life, follow them because they're going to lead you to your promise. Hello, someone. Follow them because you've never been where you are going. Oh, my goodness. We're going to some places we've never been before. Glory to God. Listen to what it says. Go ahead. Give me Joshua 3, 13. When the priests who are carrying the ark touch the water with their feet, the river will stop flowing as though held back by a dam. Watch the difference. And I'm closing. Jim, if you'll come. Praise team, if you'll come. I'm sorry. And no one else moving. Hold on for just a minute. Remember Moses? Takes the rod out. Water's part. People move. Do you see the change right here now? Do you see what's required right now? What's required? Faith. Because God says, I'm not opening any, anything up until you take a step. So that's where some of you are. You're not transitioning because you've never, or you're not willing to take that step of faith. Well, God, open it up and I'll go through. No, God's saying, I'm not doing that this time. New season. I'm not doing, if you want it opened up, you're going to have to take a step of faith. And when they stepped out under the presence of God, carrying the ark of God, what happened? The Jordan dried up just like the Red Sea. And what happened? They crossed over on dry ground. Transition, getting through. So the shift has to come from the rod to the ark. In other words, God told me to tell some of us, 2020 is a year to get your feet wet. <laughs> what do you mean, Pastor? 2020 is a year that we are going to have to take a step of faith, and when we take that step, God's going to open it up, trust him, this is why you have to learn the ways of God. God's going to open it up, trust him. And they stepped where? Into the water. 2020 is the year we get our feet wet. 2020 is the year that we learn how to walk in and by the spirit of God. We're going to teach you that this year. How to be led by the spirit, how to walk in the spirit, how to operate in the spirit. Right? Because if we'll learn how to walk in the Spirit, if we'll learn how to operate in the Spirit, then we'll see the mighty works of God in our midst. Right? We'll see that happen. I need you to stand to your feet with me right here, right here, right here. If you ask me what I see, if you ask me what I see for LifePoint Church, 
not giving everything away. I see us stepping into the water. I see us stepping into the spirit. What do you mean water spirit? Jesus said this in John chapter 7. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Bible says that he spoke, what he was talking about was the spirit, the Holy Spirit. I see not just Life Point Church. Seasons are changing in the church. What I see happening in the church is I see the corporate church stepping back into the water of God, into the flow of God, into the river of God, into the spirit of God. I'm telling you right now, we're going to get in waters to swim in. Waters to swim in. And I know some of you look at me like, what in the world is he talking about? That's why I'm going to have to teach us how to walk in the spirit, how to be led by the spirit how to be sensitive to the Spirit, how to discern the Spirit, how to know His ways. Because guess what? With the rod, only one person had the power and only one person had the authority. With the ark, all of us can have the power and all of us can have the authority. (laughs) So we won't have to call the spiritual elites in to pray, to move things. We'll just say, in the authority that Jesus has given me, this thing has to move. This sickness has to go. This disease has to depart. Oh, help us, Lord. I'm telling you, we're going to get our feet wet this year. We're going to get our feet wet in the Spirit of God this year. We're going to walk in dimensions that we've not walked in as a church The foundation's been laid. It's time. It's time for God's power to begin to manifest. And it will as we pursue his presence. This is what I'm asking. This is what I'm looking for. How many are willing to say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to take a bold step this year. I'm ready to change and transition into the next season of my life, but I know what I'm going to have to do. I know that I'm going to have to let some things fall. I know that I'm going to have to let some things drop. I know I'm going to have to let go of some things. I know I'm going to have to change the way I see things, what I've been saying. I know I'm going to have to begin to prophesy my best is yet to come. It's not behind me. I know I'm going to have to change that. I know I'm going to have to get one focus, one focus, one thing. Believe God for one thing. And I know I'm going to have to pursue the presence of God. I'm going to have to take that step and pursue the presence of God. If you're in this room this morning and you want to take that bold step of faith, I just want you to get out of your seat. I want you to join me in this altar quickly. Just come on. Come on. Just come on. Just come on. I'm ready to move out. I'm ready to step in. I'm ready to step into a new season. I'm ready to step into a new season in my life. I'm ready to step into the river. I'm ready to step into the flow of God. I'm ready to see things open up in my life. I'm ready to see things open up.